What's going on, everybody? It is Friday. What month are we in? August 14th. And you have found the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. Hey, man, it's 2020. These walls, what's the square root of this room? I don't know. It's all closing in on me. Um, Yeah, so we've actually had... No, I don't call that a drink, Mr. Han. That's why I need to go make one. So for those of you that listen on the podcast, as you can hear us interacting with people watching, it's because we are live on Twitter. So if you'd like to watch us through the podcast, um, you could always go live on Twitter. You can comment on our Periscope. We'll see the comments. It's the first time we've done this. We're pretty pumped about it. Uh, we'd rather talk to you guys. We talk to each other pretty much all day, every day. So um, yeah, it's a nice little change of pace. We do have baseball stuff to talk about, though, which is fantastic because um, the Chicago teams follow the rules and they've been playing baseball. Uh, so we're going to go over, you know, some of the topics that have been going on here in Chicago baseball, ups and downs and everywhere in between. And then, uh, like usual, I'll sit here and lay out a nicely laid show and we won't follow that script at all. So with all that being said, oh, it's Friday. Let's tap this guy. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. <laughs> it's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantes or the whole league that we here now. New show with a new move. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season make it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season make it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. As always, the show is brought to you by Sports Mockery, sportsmockery.com. Make sure you're going to sportsmockery.com. Download the app on your iPhone or Android phone. Turn on push notifications so you will be the first to know when the Blackhawks ever score a goal again. Sports Mockery, sportsmockery.com. Download the app. Turn on push notifications. And again, if you're watching this on Periscope, please tweet at KFids that he's a bandwagon Vegas Knight fan. God dang it. I'm going to fight you so hard. <laughs> I should have stopped. I should have stopped and seen you today when I was bathing in Windex. Yep. Um, in the, yep. We saw the naked man bathing in Windex. Mm-hmm. That's just a quick stop. It was, a, it was really just a... Um, so why don't we just start? Because, all right, so this is what we were talking about before the show started is when people like to argue with us on Twitter all the time, which happens a lot, we argue a lot on Twitter, it's Twitter. Baseball Twitter is a great place to have conversations to <laughs> Mr. Han and have, you know, uh, good talks about baseball. It's supposed to be like that. Um, I never understand subtweeting. I tweeted about that this week. That seems kind of weak to me. It's kind of like, pulling an Alex and Tron and talking shit and then hiding behind your entire team. Um, but I would also call that a Puig. Yeah. Or a Puig. I wasn't saying about anybody. I just, I don't know. It was brought to my attention about people subtweeting people. And I, I didn't ask names cause I don't really give a flying fuck, but I just thought like, mm, that's kind of lame. Anyways, 
So what we were talking about before the show is people like to engage Kevin into these debates on Twitter, which again is strongly encouraged. I will warn you, if you go in it with Kevin, he is going to go the extra mile. I go guns blazing. Me and Aldo, pretty much same style where we'll just be like, yeah, I don't give a shit. Um, and we'll let you, if you make a good point, we'll say you made a good point. Otherwise, I'm just going to give occasion, Do not catch me on a bad, like, bullpen blown game by the Cubs. Because yes. then yes. I'll, I'll, be, I'll go. It's spicy. It spicy, Aldo. Yep. Yeah, I tend to try to just give you a one sentence, like, fuck off. But I don't swear because, you know. I'm trying to like up my argument game. But anyways, the reason why I bring this up is because people were arguing with Kevin about Tim Anderson and Luis Robert and who should bat leadoff. And yes, we've had a very long debate on this show about it. And things change. Things change. And Luis Robert has shown that he's human. He's having a lot of trouble hitting a slider. He's getting a heavy dose of sliders. This should be nothing new to White Sox fans. You saw this exact thing with Eloy last year. The book is out on Robert. Bust him in with a fastball and then hit him with a slider low and away. Has a lot of problem. When he hit that bases clearing or bases loaded, bases clearing double against the Tigers, homeboy left the slider up. It was a mistake pitch. Robert jumped on it. That's a good sign. But, again, it was a slider. Um, Tim Anderson came back from injury. Tim Anderson has been on a tear since he's been back from injury. An absolute tear. After the game, Luis Robert himself said Tim Anderson should be batting leadoff. Okay? So this that's where this should end. So it was after this quote that someone's still trying to argue with Kevin. And what I was trying to tell Kevin was he should just reply with, what are you talking about? The guy you're arguing for even said Tim Anderson should be batting leadoff. And that's where I want to start the show. That was the longest prelude we've ever done on this show. So you're welcome, America. I'm all caffeined up um, and sober. But before that, I want to give myself credit for motivating Tim Anderson's return. Yes. And no just, credit to Kevin. All credit just, to Aldo. No, I'm crediting <laughs> myself for the motivation, Tim Anderson, that he's like going to hit 400 this year. Yeah, that's true. And – we give credit where credit's due on the show. And, Kevin, you said Tim Anderson should be batting leadoff. You stood strong by it. And so far, TA is proving you more than right. And there isn't a better example of it than Wednesday's game against the Tigers. He goes to bat, leadoff batter against Boyd, sees 10 pitches, 10 pitches. And that alone is a great leadoff at bat. But on the 10th pitch, he put it in the bleachers. And he did a moonwalk pimp job afterwards. That is probably the best – That is, if you can just say what you want your leadoff guy to do, it's that. Some people might not include the moonwalk. I think it's awesome. It's 2020. Let it go. But I don't know. And then, yeah, go ahead, Kevin. I've said it a million times in our chat too. And Reggie Jackson, I'm going to steal from Reggie Jackson all day. I totally have stolen that from him. Tim Anderson for the Chicago White Sox is the straw that stirs the drink. It's, it's, he is yeah. the brand. He is the guy that charges everybody up. Now, is he the guy in the locker room that's going around and slapping everybody's ass? No, that's probably somebody else. He's the guy that goes out there and plays the game in a manner that gets everybody up. It ups everybody else's intensity level. And the fact that he came out that way, you know what? In this kind of situation, Sox were in a real bad spot. They were struggling a little bit. There's some question marks. I mean, God forbid, White Sox fans just, just enjoy the ride. But that first pimp job 
was one of those pimp jobs where it's like, F you, I'm back. Right. And it was, I love, I know I'm not big on all that stuff, but I loved it. I thought it was like his guys needed that points in the dugout. He was like, fellas, let's rock. And since then. So to what you're saying, and yeah, it's become very obvious because to what your point is on Monday, Dallas Keiko goes out, throws a gem, and then Sox lose to a Detroit team that's not good. I mean, it's not a good team. I did, I in our preseason predictions, remember I said I didn't think the Detroit was going to win ten games. Um, still can't. But goes out, throws a gem. Sox lose five to one. After the game, Keiko came out in the media and said, "You know what? Some guys are just going through the motions." You know, if you can't come out here and want to just kill your opponent, like don't come out at all. Uh, that's paraphrasing. Um, and I was like, hell yeah, dude. Like, yes, that is – I'm very happy someone said it. That's a leader in the locker room. But then the best part was the guys that they interviewed after him, they're like, oh, do you have any comments to say about Dallas's comment? And nobody said what he say. Everybody said, no, he addressed the team first and said those things to us before he said it to the media. So not only did he do the right thing, he did it the right way. You know what I mean? So that made me, I'm already a pretty big Dallas Keiko fan. I was excited about the signing. He's been pitching very well so far this year, but the fact that he did it the right way was awesome. So, okay. That's cool. Motivational. It's funny too, that we not to interrupt you, but totally to interrupt you. We talked about that on the show. About when they signed Dallas Keuchel, they were getting a clubhouse leader that has that is that that has won, that has been successful, and knows what it takes to be successful. And he's a professional, and with the young team and a team that has maybe lacked a little bit of just that experience to have a guy like that in the locker room, showing them, look, when you are upset, ten, you know, five years down the line, this is how you handle these types of situations. You address your teammates, and then you go and address the media. You don't do it in the media and then go back and kind of hide in your locker. Right. You go and talk to your boys first, and then you come back out. And you give them, you, you let them know, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go say this in public real quick, but it's coming so they know. And that's 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 the ultimate professional. That made me love him even more. Absolutely. And I'm on the same page. So then Tuesday, TA comes back, and this is post Keiko motivational speech. And Tuesday, the, the Sox went eight to four. Wednesday, TA and Eloy go back to back to start the game. But that's not the, po- the point. I want to talk about to what we're already discussing here is in that Wednesday game, Detroit came all the way back. Okay. They hit a, there was some, a pass ball. They jumped on it. They went up. It came all the way back. The next inning, TA gets a base hit, just a base hit standing on first pointing in the dugout going, let's go. Come on. Like the Sox didn't have that while he was out. You know what I mean? There was no guy like – and I'm not saying they won the game on Wednesday because of him. I mean, he went four for five. But it doesn't – those are the type of games where having a guy getting the boys fired up is very noticeable and helpful. So, I mean, that's like the really – the biggest story out of the White Sox since we last did a show. Um, fucking, think- inju- fucking injuries again, man. I think we do need to address the the struggles well, of Lou Bob. 
Yeah. Just, I just mean, to, to really address why he's struggling and that this is not supposed to be unexpected that, that because he was so successful so early and we talked about it here on the show, I think we might've said it a million times, he's going to be two steps forward and one step back. And he is currently in the one step back part of his season where he's getting nothing. You did sliders, cutters, junk, everything. He gets, when he gets a fastball, it's very rare. And, and even when he gets a fastball, he almost hit the, the grand slam was a fastball. Like, why are you throwing the kid a fastball? Oh, that was the that dumbest the, thing ever. Slider. He should see nothing but spinners until he figures it out. And then I'm pretty sure the the bases clearing. I think he hung a slider. I thought it was a fastball. I thought it was up. It was first pitch, right? Yeah. No, I looked like it was a little. I don't know. I'd have to look again. But I thought he hung a slider. Like he was. But, I don't think it was a fastball because the at bat before that he threw him a fastball and he hit it 400 feet to dead center. Yes. But the problem is <laughs> playing in Detroit, which has the dumbest dimensions. It's the biggest fucking ball outfield in baseball, probably. Yes. But uh, I did notice, and Kevin, I wanted to ask you about this. So he's struggling again, like we said. We've seen the struggles with Eloy last year, and you know it's a heavy dose of bust you in on the fastball on the hands, and then hit you with the low and away sliders. But then it seems like the last couple games, and obviously he hit the ball really well on Wednesday, but before that, dude, he was just swinging at everything. Like everything, it, do does that like normal? Is that what guys do to try to just break out of a funk? Just no, that's the absolute worst thing that you could do. I think, and, you know, but then you don't want them to be too it. passive. But you you want them to just play the game. And when they start pressing, we see we've seen it with the you know with the Cubs too. Chris Bryant's chasing balls up and out of the zone. He doesn't do that. Like when the guy struggles, you start seeing them swing at pitches they normally wouldn't swing at because they feel like they only are going to get one chance or two. And his problem is he's terrible. O two one two. Two two, and if, when you look at his stats in those counts, he I think he has one hit all season in those counts. So he's just trying to get a baseball before he gets to that point. The problem is his pitch selection. He's chasing and and, and not getting squaring up baseballs that he probably shouldn't be swinging at in the first place, and he's putting himself in a hole by fouling a ball off that might not have been a strike. And so he, you know, expand when you expand your zone, you you want a player to swing through a like a rough patch, but you don't want them to overexpand. You just want them to just play ball, and it's hard not to. It's easier said than done, but. I don't think that that's normal. I think that that, well, I think it's normal, but I don't think that it's correct. I think that it's a bad thing. It's right. bad news. And so once he kind of settles back in, that's why I thought that double was huge. I think I even said it in our message board right before he hit it. I'm like, he needs, he needs to get a base hit to go on this day off. He needs to have a couple of days, like 24 hours, 48 hours to, to feel good again. And he, I mean, that's a pretty good re- just reason to feel good, even though he looked horrible in his last at bat on all off speeds against a lefty. Right. I, I think that that was a good moment, but no, the expansion is a bad idea. Like that's, that's not how you work yourself out. That's how you dig yourself a deeper hole. I'd say Wednesday, though, I mean, he did look bad with the strikeout, but like all those said, he put one to, what was it, deep center? Had some high exit velocity, too. Yeah. I mean, the dude just hits the piss out of the ball when he makes contact. It's just he's going to figure it out. He's in a good spot to figure it out because he has a guy like Aloy that went through all of this last year to kind of help and mentor him. Um, and there's also a lot of, like, you know, Jose Abreu, Yasmani Grandal, all these guys that are there that can show him the way. So I'm not really too worried about him, but it'd be really nice in a 60-game season if it he snapped out of it sooner rather than later. But I don't know if we have that luxury. So I think the only the only other worry with Robert, and I mean I think we saw it with Eloy too. I mean, these guys are uh they're really aggressive. They they don't yes. take a lot of walks. Ooh. And that's a thing where, like, yeah, their players, when they come up, uh, you know, they're going to hit that point of they're going to struggle. They're not going to be hitting every single ball, like, 100 miles per hour. 
but at least maybe you can have like you know uh stop a a long streak with a, a long slump with a couple walks right and i think there was a point where i mean i think robert had like five walks in like a week and it's like all right well we're seeing some play discipline but you know now he's getting into the bad habits and you're not really seeing that so yeah that's why i concerned and i think that was even brought up last year when he was like i mean and how can you like that was a nitpicky thing last year when he was hitting like 350 in the minors but you know he wasn't like walking at all right um, yeah fun fact he's third on the white Sox with six walks which okay, is so his, by the way bad. his double was an 80 mile an hour slider middle so yeah yeah it was a slider yep he hung the slider um well and the difference between Aloy taking walks and robert taking walks robert takes a walk that turns into a double mm-hmm. you know what i mean that fast and he's nice on the base pass so i mean Aloy's just Fucking Aloy, man. I love the guy. But we need to power. address. First of all, he needs to stop <laughs> running into the damn nuts. I get it. I love the guy. I love Aloy. I'm a huge Aloy fan. And I love that he's out there having fun. But dude, if that nut breaks, if that nut has more give than he thinks and he whacks the back of his head on a seat. Oh, my goodness gracious, dude. And somebody tweeted at me, like, oh, relax. He's just having fun. You know what else is fun? When he's hitting home runs because he's not on the IR for jumping into a net. Like, that's the thing. Like, there's a different – like, and I wrote the caption, like, on that video. It's all fucking fun games. You know, he's smiling. That's great. The memes are fucking hilarious. Everyone's making the jokes. It's all great. No one's going to be fucking laughing when Eloy, like, misses six months because he, like, Donald broke his leg falling right. over a rail because he doesn't have because he has no clue what the hell he's doing out there number no, two agree. number two everyone stop comparing him to kyle schwarber yeah you stop kyle schwarber, schwarber is kyle, a good defender kyle, not only him. that kyle schwarber came up as a catcher right he first played in the in the outfield when he was like coming up and like playing in the major leagues with the cubs i mean he played a little at triple a i think kyle schwarber has like had like a quarter of the experience that he has been playing in the outfield since he was like 17 and he's still this bad. So yeah. stop with those comparisons. Mm-hmm. Just like, and and uh, I've seen this a couple. I think uh, Josh Nelson from uh, Socks Machine. He said it. Herb Lawrence has said it. They need to get. They need to like get it in his head. Just like, hey, it doesn't even fucking matter if you're bad. Just, I mean, just stop trying. Stop putting yourself in these spots where you can get injured. Do the yeah. Carlos Lee. Yeah, just I'm not saying, one hundred percent. That's. All I'm saying is, well, just stop getting hurt. No one's expecting Aloy to be a damn gold glove left fielder. He doesn't even have to be average. Just be bad. Yeah. Stop trying to get hurt. Like, what he seems fuck? like he has no idea how much space he's working with out there every single time. Like, he looks like and, – and, and, you know, he's a big boy. It's hard to slow up like we saw with Encarnacion crossing the plate. It's hard for the big dudes to slow down. So he's going to have to figure out when he should pull up and when it's time to kind of just play it safe. I don't think I fans are going to be pissed if he doesn't go into the bleachers to catch a baseball. I'm sorry. I think they'll be fine with it. He I should be love Edwin scoring from first, by the way. If oh. you guys didn't notice, I absolutely loved Edwin Garcia scoring first because he fat definitely guy stop did is the best. That guy stop, and it was awesome. But yeah, and especially you know, it's not like the White Sox are riding this super awesome wave of good luck on the injury front because that's not the case either. Uh, Yoan Mankata set out Wednesday's game. He was noticeably limping on Tuesday. 
noticeably. Uh, they haven't said anything about it. I don't think it's that bad, but like, Yohan isn't exactly uh, a guy known to uh, tough it out, if you will. I mean, yeah, he's had a whole bunch of leg issues every single yeah. year. But some people are, you know, if you're looking for a complaint on him, some people like to, you know, say he's soft or stuff like that. And it is what it is with that. I mean, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but he doesn't have a great injury history. And then another guy, Aaron Bummer, who has been very good for the White Sox this season, he's out now with bicep soreness. And, again, White Sox don't have a great history with dudes hurting their biceps, as Carlos. Um, so the pitching – wheel keeps going round and round they try to bullpen game i don't even get a game plan going into it but you got to adapt bro see here's a th- here's one thing we'll uh i'll not defend but it wasn't all ricky's fault because these moves they knew well ahead of time that that they weren't going to call up any any guy to like make a start they were going to go full yeah. bullpen day Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, they saw Drew Anderson get lit up by the Cubs in that exhibition game right before the uh, regular season Thanks. started. They saw him. Basically, it was like, hey, he's getting out uh, all their minor league guys in uh, Schaumburg. Like, mm-hmm. he could get out major league hitters. And I know that, and I don't know Cleveland has the worst fucking offense in baseball. Mm-hmm. But this guy also has a track record of just not being good in, yep. in the big leagues. So I don't know what the front office saw. They're like, you know, we could – and, like, the surprising thing was is they weren't like, you yeah, know, we're going to do a straight bullpen day. We're like, we're going to get, like, five, six, seven guys in here. They'd all pitch, like, one to two innings. Right. They went into that game. We're like, no, Drew Anderson, he's going to he's gonna be our bulk guy. He's going to pitch three to four innings. How? Right. How is that your plan going into that Scott game? Foster comes out, pitches two right. great innings. Perfect, I think. Yep, we're going to yank him for this guy we know sucks. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And here's the thing. Anderson had like a one, two, three inning in the third. And it's it's and if you're the Sox right there, you're going to be like, great. Take like, it and run. And here's the thing. Even if you want to start him the next inning, because I think the inning started with like a double or something or a walk, a walk and a double maybe. It's like, all right, cool. Like have a guy warming up ready. Like they just let him out there until I don't know why they thought. It's like, you know, we can rely on this guy for multiple innings uh, I mean, based on no previous success. From what <laughs> that was one of those cases of failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Yeah, from what I saw from a lot of people was Ricky had this written down and it was in pen and he wasn't changing it. Rough. Yeah, not a great that, look. Two side. It was one side. The front office like went into that and they're like, "All right, no, we can have Drew Anderson." Right. And I then mean, also on Ricky was like, he saw what was happening. He's like, "Nope, got to stick with it." Yep. <laughs> no, you don't. Nope, you sure don't. And your bullpen, besides that guy, has been fantastic this season. Oh, and that was another thing. There was a whole bunch of guys rested. The day before, yeah. only Aaron Bummer and Evan Marshall pitched, I think. And maybe Colome. And like, all right, so uh, what's his face? So Aaron Bummer's out because he was injured. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Marshall and Colome is fine. But you still have like like seven other relievers that you could have gone to? Six sure. other Fry. It's one of those situations too, where like you let a guy get in there and he has it, like he gets a smoke ring. You get him the hell out of there when it's been like when he's been bad. You want him to let him go ahead and marinate on a good outing and not send him back out there to possibly kill yeah. some of that positivity. And but the bullpen has been great. Uh, Evan Marshall's been pitching nasty. Uh, Coleman's getting the job done. He's doing his thing, man. 
He is doing he's his thing. Wrong, like on everything, the Sox this year. Colomay is just—he's like five for five. Yeah, he he struggled early, but he's not walking, guys. He only has like one walk, I think. Uh, yep, one walk in eight innings pitched, five saves. You know, I mean, he's been it's great. Cutters. It's Cutter's working, man. I don't it was know hilarious. What it on, I think it was Friday uh, against Cleveland, and that was when Cease. I mean, Cease also. I guess we can talk about him shortly. Where you know he he still walked like five or six guys. But he worked out of like at least one or two jams, and and it was like, oh well, here we go. Of course, this is this is like an, this was another baseball is going to baseball where you expecting Colomay to struggle because mm-hmm. it's like, all right, well, Sox just like walked like seven guys in the first eight innings, and then he just goes one, two, three, just yep. <laughs> throwing strikes in there. Yep. But Matt Foster's looked really good. I don't know if you guys know this or not. He went to Alabama. Um, Alabama's only baseball. Player. Yes, in the history of baseball. <laughs> Um, Aaron Bummer looked great before the injury. He'll be good when he comes back. Uh, she shack, she shed. Oh, he is naked. No, he can, he's been like mm, rough. Um, Cody Horror, as uh, my guy Beef Loaf likes to call him, Cody <laughs> Horror. Uh, he's looked really good. That's a huge plus. Uh, Jimmy Guns, Jimmy Cordero's looked good. And then I'll tell you what, this is like a real good feel good story for Blackhawks fans. Zach Birdie. Zach yep. Birdie got called up. We all know the Tommy John, other injuries. He has been praised as like the White Sox closer of the future for the last couple of years. Everybody was really high on him. And then these injuries, he, I don't know if you guys saw this a thousand million times, but he grew up in the Chicagoland area. Um, White Sox fan, you know, his brother's in the show. He just – you know, it was just a good story. And then so to finally see him put on the Sox uniform and pitch for the Sox, and they showed it. There was a moment when he first took the mound on the south side. Like, he took that moment, and like, from a movie, like, just kind of looked around, and he had, like, that, oh, shit, like, I'm finally here type moment, which was really cool to see. But what was even cooler to see was him come out and just throw straight cheese. Just mm-hmm. Jeez, dude, he's painting corners with 99 mile an hour fastballs, looking real good. He's pitched two innings now for the Sox. He's only given up one hit. Um, he has two strikeouts in those two innings, but like, he looks really good. And if anything comes out of this shortened season for the White Sox, I know it's the whole window opening type, whatever. Is we're seeing a lot of these young bullpen guys come to form and. That's huge going forward. That's one area off your plate that you don't have to worry about. You can focus, go get yourself another two, three starters because fuck. Um, maybe a little depth at third base so you're not playing <laughs> fucking Goins. Goins. Goins back to Schaumburg. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at that joke. That's that was like right. Larry Garcia sliding head first and then getting stepped on like an idiot. That was not good. Oh, what's up, tie game? Um, That's right, what do you do now? Oh, Cab's on a delay. He didn't even see it yet. <laughs> no, I just saw it. Hey, it's power Rattle. play goal. Yeah. Rattle. This Hawks team's so bad. Um, I mean, go Hawks. Woo. Uh, but, yeah, you're seeing these young guys in the bullpen. And so, yeah, starting pitching, though, that's Dallas Keuchel's been a stud. Lucas Giolito had one bad game, but he's been pitching really well. But let's talk about my guy, Dylan Cease. Dylan goes out on Wednesday, six innings pitch, one and run, five strikeouts. But again, the big number is the zero walks. 
zero walks for Dylan. Um, very happy to see it. I mean, I've been saying this at nauseum. He has good stuff. He just needs to know where to put it. And he looked better. What I was talking about before the static interference there, and I apologize for that, is um, there's a little weird miscommunication between him and McCann. Looks like McCann called for a low and away slider or low and in slider. And Dylan was like, oh, okay, cool. Here's 100 miles an hour at your face. And, and McCann, like any normal human being in the world, was like, oh, shit, and, like, moved out of the way because a 100-mile-an-hour fastball was coming at his fucking face. And um, it was a pass ball, kept the inning alive. Detroit went on to take a two-run lead after that because it just uh, – Like a hit and then a home run, I think. Yeah. Um, Castro, homer to right field and put him up five to three. Because uh, there was runners on base, but I just so that was just the one mistake. Um, but Cease looked really good. Uh, I was very happy with that uh, performance. And if we can have a good, so right now the Sox rotation is looking like Giolito, Keuchel, Cease as your one, two, three. Uh, Gonzalez has been serviceable. Is that the yeah. word I'm looking for? Yeah, serviceable. Just, I mean, just keep just got to keep your team in the game. Yeah, but so now going in, stupid damn COVID, St. Louis COVID Cardinals or whatever the hell, these dudes just can't figure shit out. I don't understand how all these other teams in the fucking Major League Baseball can figure this out, but the Cardinals cannot figure it out. As we're recording the show, another one of their coaches tested positive, and he's in like a tube or something like that now or like a quarantine bubble, and the team is renting cars to drive to Chicago. Is what I like saw. Mad Max beyond Mad Max. Yeah, someone said COVID caravan, which I thought was all right. That was kind of funny. Um, How does this happen? Like we're know, fourteen dude. days plus past the first test positive. Like, are what are you doing? Right. Like the Marlins got their shit back together pretty quick. They said, "Oh crap!" But then you got you know, and, and, and hey, maybe maybe they maybe they're idiots like Zach Plazak and and oh, they're on the team. Hold off, hold off. But maybe there's guys on the like Cardinals too that are like, "Oh, it's just it's no big deal. I'm gonna go out." And it, you're getting positive tests. It's a 14 day incubation period. If you are going out after the first positive, you are a tool bag, meatball douchebag. And I don't care if you're a coach. Hold on, hold on, hold on. For those of you scoring at home, that's a tool bag, meatball douchebag. That's a triple crown, right triple, there. The Holy Trinity. Tool of bag, third. meatball douchebag. Mm-hmm. And I'm if you're doing that, I'm change my Twitter handle right now. It's it angers me because <laughs> there is no excuse. The Marlins figured it out. The freaking Marlins figured it out. Mm. The Marlins, and you can't figure it out, St. Louis. Typical for St. Louis. Typical for the Cardinals. Typical for the toothless Cardinal fans out there that apparently can't count to 14 anyway because they've only maxed out when they count their teeth. So it's it's frustrating to me. I can't. It's, it's fired all over. I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm done with it. I, I'd rather them just cancel the freaking Cardinals. They're wasting everybody else's time. Because now we're going to have to put everybody else in our division in these stupid doubleheaders over and over again to cover for their dumbasses because they wanted to go to a casino or they wanted to go get on Tinder or they wanted to have somebody break the bubble and come on in. We mean me shut up. Just stay in a hotel room for 14 days. Don't go anywhere. All right? Get your room service. Stay. Be a good boy. Stop putting the league in jeopardy. It, it's, it's absurd at this point. No, it really is. So what this means for us – uh, us is the proverbial us as White Sox fans is it looks like Friday's game is going to get canceled. 
sweet. I'm not going to lie. This Thursday kind of blew without a White Sox game. Um, Friday's game is going to get canceled, and it looks like we're going to have a little double dip on Saturday, which is cool. Of course, I got a ton of shit I got to do, so I won't get to watch it like I would enjoy a Friday night. A Friday night game. Yeah, the damn kid's coming. I got to get his room ready, I guess. You can't just put him on the floor. Um, Top of the makeup uh, desk. Yeah, I mean, we just clear some of this shit off. And, yeah. <laughs> we put the mirror around him so he has the illusion that he's in a big room. But it's, yeah. Actually, okay. I think we're cooking. We're, we're thinking of something here. Um, so you have a doubleheader on Saturday. Now, before it was moved to Saturday, I'm looking at ESPN's probables. They had Giolito going on Saturday and Keiko going on Sunday, and the pitcher slot on Friday is blank. So I know although you did the math and the rest adds up, but what I'm thinking is because you get that call-up for the doubleheader that we might see a Dane Dunning in one of the doubleheader games on Saturday, and I would love to see that. You hope you hope you don't get a repeat of uh, Drew Anderson. Um, no, I don't think we will. I think Dane's gonna be all right. You know, but like I, I mean, even if you just go with uh, Dunning, like you know, have him be your get two to three inning guys. And I mean, yeah. you have Giolito going. You should expect he's raced. You should expect like, hey, give us go out there, give us seven innings, eight innings, and then your bullpen should be completely rested. And you, they're gonna be they're gonna have two off days. And yeah, it's a doubleheader, but it's still two off days. You have like thirteen guys in the bullpen, or but like nine guys in the bullpen. Kind of like what I was just saying about Birdie. It's time to see what you got in Dane Dunning. He's healthy. Mm-hmm. He's ready to go. Pitch him against a Cardinals team, especially a Cardinals team that hasn't played in what two weeks? Like three weeks. I haven't played since July. Yeah, so like two weeks. Two now. Three, what a fucking joke. Um. So. I wouldn't. I mean, I would actually. I would really like to see a nice little Dane Dunning, uh, Dane Dunning, Giolito for the doubleheader. That'd be nice. And then Keiko on uh, Sunday. That'd be actually pretty sweet. Because it looks like the St. Louis probables are Wainwright, Hudson, and Kim. A little Dane Dunning, Wainwright showdown. Let's go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean. Three against St. Louis, hopefully, knock on wood, you get to play three games this weekend, and then four. Hopefully no more, no more derechos coming to Chicago, no more 100-mile-per-hour 100, 100 wins. Yeah, no, we're good. What is that storm called? That storm was unreal. That, that was the first time I heard about it. I'm like, why are the people talking about rights? Yeah, like, like I, this- I guess a storm like that only comes like once every 15 years or something like that. Wow. Like, with that amount of wind and how it was like. Dude, it was like Did some wizard. Every 15 years, 15 years ago, it was 2005. And we all know what happened. Oh, hey. Every time James Cameron likes to make a film about twisters. Yeah, dude, there was some, some Wizard of Oz shit going on around here. By the way, so, okay, so a lot, a lot of positives. You know, obviously you had that tough week against uh, Milwaukee and Cleveland where Sox couldn't score like more yeah. than three runs a game. Super annoying. Well, that's going to happen. I mean, those, as we said, like annoyingly good. I'm, Cleveland just has like, Four like number two starters at the uh, minimum there. Yes, hold on, Kevin. You'll get to go in a minute. Two dumbasses. Um, but how are you feeling with James McCann? Has been like fucking great. It's been very good. Had like a couple games lately where he's been better and like got a couple hits out in Detroit to get the Sox a couple leads there. But 
Yeah, my grand dog just keeps getting like off days every like three games. Which is weird. And then they threw him at first base, which he actually played pretty good in the field at first base, made some great stabs, got some at bats. I mean, Grandel's right now, he's hitting 245. His OBP is 354. He's slugging 302. The OPS is 656. Yeah. That's that slugging 302. Yeah. He's uh he's got a he's got ten walks on the season to his twenty two strikeouts. Still hasn't hit a home run either. Um, I'm gonna chalk it up to a slow start. Is what it is. Fucking Vegas. Um, <laughs> is what it is. But you gotta really now start to have a. Real, I mean, I would hope that it's already going on that the White Sox front office is having serious conversations about James McCann. Um, yeah, Zach Collins, love your dancing for dub videos, but we really don't need to carry on this team. Um, but James McCann, dude, so here's the thing the Sox spent money this offseason on Grandal, Keiko, they spent some money. They don't have to option Cisek. They don't have to option Edwin. They don't have to. There's a. They'll have a lot of money again this offseason. Sox are going to have a lot of money. I understand Jerry Reinsdorf is broke as shit. I get it. I say that very facetiously. Like I get it. They need to pony up and give James McCann a good a two year deal, solid money, and keep him and Grendel. I think that's the move. I mean, it's how how. Can you literally watch the White Sox right now and the nine games that James McCann has played in and say, I don't want him on. I don't think they need him. Is he second in average? Is he second in batting average right now? Uh, he's only played nine games, so he only has 32 at-bats, but he's batting 375. Yeah, I mean. Oof. I mean, what the fuck? His OPS is 1.101. It's him? I mean, and, like, why you guys are struggling? You guys were still winning a couple of those games, and it was, like, McCann, Adam Angle. Yep, Adam Angle did all right. Adam Angle is still who we thought he was, though. Adam Angle still a pitch runner, defensive replacement, but he's better than Nomar right now. But we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> hey, Nomar had an RBI double. Nomar is four for twenty right now. By the way, we we're also uh, noticing with the uh, outfield defense, and we saw it with Adam Angle. Adam Angle that sucks. Got to stop uh, giving up inside the park home runs. Hey, <laughs> well, we, like six games or something. You're gonna do a thing, do it real good. Yeah, Sox are doing it real good. Yeah, great trend. But we saw that we saw that play in Detroit, where again, huge outfield, and it was just straight away center field. Yeah, it took forever, forever for anyone to back up right. on that play. Eloy's slow. Nomer Mazar is slow. Yep. There's a play uh, where Dylan's. It was like a ball. I think it was on the two run double uh, after the pass ball. Where it was a ball in the gap, but the ball was up in the air for a long time. And even Cease was like, How was that ball like not even close to being caught? Right. <laughs> and it's no more Mazzara, as everyone was telling, or, you know, we kind of knew, mm-hmm. not really the best uh, defensive right fielder. So, what's weird too is where they, I, I would like to see where they were on both of those, they were at pre pitch. Like, where were they shifted? Like, were they shifted somewhere? Were they, were they guarding lines? So, like, they were basically giving him the gaps to rove a little bit with speed. And they, it was, I have to see, happened to be a hard pisser right at them, which are the worst. Those are the hardest balls to catch, especially ones that are dying on you and they're coming hot. 
it, it, it might take a while to get over there if you if you're if you're playing if you're shading more line um that could be i mean it, i mean they're obviously slow and lumbering to get over there in the first place but i think that probably slowed them down even more as they, they were probably pre-pitched somewhere where it was a real bad like it was a perfect storm of oh shit um hold on what's mazara's contract look like i think yeah, probably on paper with words Singapore. sorry <laughs> All right, so he's a free agent in 2022. He's old, uh, 3.3 million. All right, here. So there's a very vocal section of White Sox Twitter who are big Nomar Mazzara fans, and they're trying to will him out of this slump. So for those fans, please tweet about something else for right now. Not feeling the number. This feels like uh, who was it? Uh, I mean, not as bad, but what the fuck is it? Yonder Alonso? No, it's Where not nearly as bad. It's, it's not bad. It's not even <laughs> Nicky Delmonico bad. I just, because I really think that Nomar does have the goods where he could break out of it. And I, God, I hope he does. Well, no, it's uh, you kind of You're talking about the same Twitter crowd that was calling for Tim Anderson to be traded last week? No, no. These are actually the opposite of that guy. Oh, oh okay. It was. So the Tim Anderson trade was one dude, and people started coming at him for it. It's coming back. It's gone. All right. Plate in your head. And he got really pissed off about it. And, oh, what's up, tie game? Um, Wow, night stink. Losing to this terrible team? (laughs) Tie game. (laughs) Um, Yeah, he he went on Twitter, and he made his – he threw out a hot take, as we all do. But instead of like talking to people about it, he got real defensive and started like telling people to like shut the fuck up and fuck you and fuck this and fuck that. And like, then it became like, okay, well, if you're going to be an asshole about it, you're going to get treated like an asshole about it. And then Tim Anderson comes back and is arguably the best player on the team right now. Anyways, no more Mazzara. I feel like this was an experiment. This was, uh, let's see if we get him out of Texas in a very hitter-friendly park, in a very protected lineup, if he'd be able to do something. So far, he's four for 20. Okay. That expect. But also, <laughs> he does have the built-in excuse of, you know, he did miss, like, uh, he was right. out for, he probably had, was that ever confirmed? Are we just assuming that he also tested for COVID at the end of? I think it's camp? safe to say. I don't think it was ever confirmed, but so wherever it was, he like missed the he missed like the first what like ten games or so. Yeah, he's only so played like in eight games. So he has that you know little start off slow, didn't maybe get a lot of yeah exactly. time against. I don't know. But you know, I mean, the guy has been he has like had four straight years of being the same okay right fielder right. or a hitter at. And he's probably just going to be that. Again, side. going into an offseason where you're going to have all this money again, I'm going to keep saying again for some reason. Um, that's three mil off the books, and you could probably go sign yourself another pretty good right fielder. I mean, obviously. Jason Hayward. The, no, thanks. The I know he's been playing good lately, but I don't need that paper. Um the main, the main focus, 1,000%, this offseason needs to be starting pitching. Yes. 
One thousand percent. Can't count on two, uh, two of your, your two of your young starters. What's the dude's name that just fleeced the Mets? Oh, Marcus Stroman. Yeah, everyone wants Marcus Stroman. Like, shouldn't say everyone. I hate making general, fan base generalizations. A large majority of White Sox fans I see on Twitter lot, want Marcus a lot, Stroman. A lot of fan bases want Marcus Stroman. I think Marcus Stroman would be a fantastic fit on the White Sox. I think it'd be a great get. Um, I kind of think it's funny <laughs> how he flees the mic. He's like, and eh. yep. he's like, he flipped the script. But he flipped the script. It was awesome. And he's like, well, this team sucks too. So definitely not making the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I'm out. What about uh, Trevor Bauer? He's going to be a free agent. I think Trevor Bauer is a very good pitcher. I don't mind his off the field shit either. I usually just tend to ignore it because you can do that, guys. I know it's hard sometimes for people, but you can unfollow, you can block, you can ignore. Um, so I don't really pay too much mind to it. I get nervous with tre about Trevor Bauer because I really think it could either go one of two ways and they're both extreme and there's no middle ground. Him and TA get along great and this team could be awesome. Or he comes into that locker room and they clash and it's nuclear. Mm -hmm. I have to worry about uh, when he gets caught cheating uh, mm -hmm. with instead of using now. What is he? That he like it's he's he's probably using Pintar. Like he's he's basically doing what he was accusing the Astros of doing. Didn't Garrett Cole just get his fingers stuck to his hat too? Like he was trying to take his fingers <laughs> off and he got one of these and he was like shit. Hey, so here's the thing. They're gonna start like rubbing that jalapeno up in their nose to get that thing running too. I don't really like yeah. Trevor. I don't really like uh, Trevor uh, Bauer, like his social media presence, but I don't really care about that. Uh, no. Great pitcher, doing great. Like he's, he's fucking But basically, what he accused the Astros of doing, like last year and two years ago, is basically happening right now with him because he was saying, like, he was basically saying there is no way, there's no way that you can increase your spin rates without cheating. And his spin rate numbers have gone through the roof. So, well, I mean, they're carrying a napkin in their a wet nap in their back pocket. I mean, that should help a little bit. That's, I mean, now you know what I'm also seeing, and I think Chase and I actually joked with him about it because he's like, "Shut up." He uh, Shreve with the with the Mets. They're using the arm sweat. They're using the arm sweat. They can't go to their mouth, but you can rub your arm. You can get a little sweaty going Shut up there in the mouth. And you you rub up that ball a little bit, but. You know they're they're gonna put whatever they can put on the. Sorry, I'm, I hate to say this, and it's uh, call it cheating. You want to call it cheating? Cool. It ain't cheating on on the bump until you're caught. You if you if if a booger helps you throw oh, a better ball, drop a boogie on the ball. I don't care. I it's that until you get caught. You 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 were baseball Ooh. has always been that game where you push the line. Phantom tags. You know that's that's not like that's not different. I mean, again, if you're if you're rubbing pine tar in the ball, you're fucking you're and you, you it's blatantly obvious. It, which we've seen pitchers blatantly, obviously getting pine tar on their, on their pant leg and right. they're not doing shit about it. You're going to push the limit until they call you on it. And I think it's actually, it, again, I'm, I'm a pitcher friendly guy. You need something to protect these pitchers because everything has been geared towards offense. You got loaded balls. You got lower seams. You got no spin rate. You got balls. Balls. It's so give them, give them, give them, throw them at least a bone. But um, he's, you know, Trevor Bauer is a dick too. And I'll be honest. I like my pitchers. I like assholes as a pitcher. I want half a prick out there. I I don't want a That's guy that fine. you make. I didn't know where you were going with that. You said <laughs> asshole and then dick and then I, I got very, assholes. I got confused. What what was that guy? Who's the he's, he's a Hall of Famer, right? Gaylord uh Gaylord Perry? Mm-hmm. 
So like, I was just thinking about this because it's it's, it's kind of like accepted where I think it's a difference between pitching and like hitting. Where isn't it kind of just pitching? You you get more leeway than a hitter. Oh, d- bro, look at some of these bats, and you tell me that they're going, they're not going above the line where they're supposed to go on their pine card. More of a deal made for batters cheating than like, or well, if you're court bat, yeah. If you get then, a pitcher, okay. if a pitcher throws out a frozen ball, sure, but. Pine tar on the ball is no different than a, than a than a hitter using too much pine tar on their bat and going above their pine tar limit. Like it's it, exactly, but it's always a bigger deal when a batter does it. But when the pitcher, it's the pitcher's like, up oh, that wacky guy. Oh. <laughs> when a pitcher spits up and gets us throws a spitball, people freak out like it's like the end of the world. Let's be so honest. So here are your top free agent pitchers. Yeah, Corey Kluber. Anibal oh. Sanchez, Chris Archer, Charlie Morton. I wouldn't mind Charlie Morton. Jake Arrieta, injured right now. <laughs> Jake Arrieta, Wade Davis, and then uh, John Lester, Jay Happ, Brad Hand, and Andrew Miller. According to MLB.com, those are your top free agents. I um, will tell you, there are a lot of aging pitchers. Yes. You also have Trevor Bauer, as we mentioned. Uh, Marcus Stroman, which I still think – I just – I'm – Pretty convinced in my small head that that's happening. Um, Mike Miner and Jake Ordorizzi. Ordorizzi, the twins, I think, right? Yeah, we've seen a lot of him. I'm, I wouldn't mind that move. Robbie Ray. I feel like Robbie Ray's arm is about fried, though. Like I watched him pitch against the Padres early in the season, and I was like, dude, this guy is throwing everything he has into every pitch, just to hit like. I was like, oh, buddy. He's an interesting one. Wait, I don't know. Is he a free agent? Anderson's Ooh. best friend, Brett Keller. I accidentally pulled up the notable free agents for 21-22. Oh. Oops. Um, Mara Tanaka from the Yankees is a free agent. Jose Quintana is a free agent. James Paxton's a free agent. We're going to bring Jose Quintana home? By, uh, Tyler Chatwood? All right, we can actually – we've talked about the White Sox a lot. We can segue that into the Cubs. And now a word from our sponsors. Tyler Chatwood. Did he have a come-back-to-earth game? We jinxed him. We jinxed him on Did the broadcast. Yeah, that's what At I night. thought. Didn't because he struggled. There's a lot of – I know nobody wants to fucking hear it. There's a lot of just, like, soft hit hits. And then he did – he hung, like, curveball. Uh, what's his face? Uh, their leadoff guy hit a home run. But he didn't walk, guys. And that's really where, in the past, it's like, oh, no, here we go again. He's just walking everyone. So that, at least that didn't happen. I'm, as I, I mean, I said before, like, it's only been two good starts. Like, let's not throw him a parade yet. Mm-hmm. But, it, but actually, I mean, it's like, all right, shit happen. Bad start. I'd prefer that than him, like, throwing 100 pitches in three innings and walking, like, seven guys. I so, did find it seriously interesting, though, because we mentioned it last week, too. Is he one of those guys that are profiting from the lack of pressure because there is no crowd? I did find it coincidental or interesting or whatever that on the same day that everyone started ramping up to talk about Jose Quintana joining the staff was the day that he started on the bump. And, you know, Jose had thrown three innings uh, that that morning or whatever in a simulated game. And that's the outing that he goes out there and shits the bed. I felt I that. that was, had, uh, yeah, that was on Saturday, I think. Well, they were talking about Quintana all morning. Like, like should Quintana go back in the rotation? Yeah, like, uh, all that conversation. Oh, or whatever. Yeah. So, what, the conversation had moved to Quintana. I felt like it was really. You know, it was. It was. Or 
whatever. And that's the day that he kind of came undone. I'm like, oh, man. So I wish we had a lot of Cubs games to talk about. But looking since we last spoke to everybody, two. big old chunk of games missing because of the damn Cardinals. Um, so they played two against Cleveland and one handily, 7-1, seven 7-2. By the way, thanks, guys. Appreciate that. Um, yeah. Uh, Lester and Hendricks did their thing. Um, all right, should we just do it now, although? What? All right, Kevin, you have two minutes. Oh, God. Okay. What am I doing? Go off. Go off, King. Go I'm please, Zach. I'm please, Zach? Oh. Go off, okay. King. All right, let me take a <clears throat> Two minutes. I'm starting a clock. I'm cutting you off after that. was minutes. just me sniffing my nose. It wasn't Adderall or anything. Um, and I'm going to drink a sip of wine. All right, so if anybody got a chance to watch Zach, please, Zach, today on his um his Instagram rant, um, where he basically decided that instead of simply saying I made a mistake, I should have followed the team rules, I should have followed curfew, he went on this stupid, idiotic, meatball rant about how it wasn't such a big deal. He was with eight people or less. He was with his best friend, and they were opening baseball cards together in somebody's apartment. His best friend was Mike Clevenger. Oh, who lied to his team, by the way, and said that he, you know, and tried to defend him. And then it wasn't until the next day that Mike Clevenger told his team, oh, yeah, I was with this Nimrod, too. So anyway, talking about opening baseball cards, it, it's it's as if the dude doesn't understand. Oh, by the way, he was doing it while driving. I'm not going to mention the seatbelt thing because I'm not, you know, okay. I'm going to mention Karen! He was no recording himself talking about baseball safety while driving without a seatbelt and filming himself in a car. He's a fucking idiot. And so he's going to town and he's talking about it. Not once did he absolve him. Like, did he say just, I made a mistake. I should have been in curfew. These are the rules. I should follow the rules because this is what's best for the entire program. There you go. So I got two more minutes to this. Um, and so he goes in there and of course he's wearing his, 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 his cool little necklaces. Cause he's, you know, you guarantee, guarantee this son of a bitch has a freaking tribal tattoo that really went out of style like 10 years 100%. ago. I thought it was a cool idea at the time. And he, you know, he, you think he'd learn something at ball state, but he didn't, he's an idiot. And then he starts out in CDC stuff and not at any point did he say, I have a teammate with cancer. I should have been more careful. Um, I, I know that what's at stake. I know that this is not just my livelihood, but everybody else's instead. He says, what are we supposed to be expected? It's no one can stay in their room all day long. I'm like, bro, you're paid to stay in your room all day long. And if you can't stay in your day room all day long, cool. Hang up your shit, go home and have fun. Go to the Ozarks, go party it up. Have a good time, buddy. But no, 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 no. Captain Meatball goes out there and tries to play the victim card, blaming the media for all the media dragged me through the mud. I heard it once. I'd heard it twice today. You don't piss in the dirt and lay down and then say you're getting dragged through the fucking mud. He did it. He Ooh, did like everything he did to him. He did to himself. If he goes back at curfew and respects his team's rules at the time that the team gave them and he knew the rules, he knew it was late. If you go, Hey guys, I love you. I I'm sorry. I can't open any more of these baseball cards or whatever the hell he was really doing. Guarantee is probably like Tinder or something. You go home, you go back to the hotel. Guess what? When we have players that do that on high school trips, those guys get sent home. They get sent home if they miss curfew. Okay, act like a goddamn professional and do your job. It's not just you. The game is bigger than you. It will always be bigger than you. You owe the game. The game owes you shit. So go home, stay in your hotel, quarantine your ass. All right, don't whine. And better yet, he tells us about, talks about how, oh, and I took a ride share home. So not only did he expose himself to somebody else, he exposed himself to somebody else. Not, not, not well, hopefully not exposed himself, but you know what I mean? Um, on his way back to going back to Cleveland. Like the guy's an idiot. He's a meatball. Wrap it up. 
and uh, you know, I, you know, his his uncle was a, I, I have a big fan of his uncle back in the day when he pitched for the Cubs. But you know what, Zach? Please, Zach. If I could shove a fungo sideways up your ass, I would. There we go. Ooh, damn, we got the fungo up there. Um, the rape. I'm just gonna just sprinkle in on there. Yes, he does suck. He's a douche canoe. Uh, his thing was pretty funny when he cried about the media. Um, and homeboy, you tweeted a couple weeks ago about respecting the rules and all this other stuff. And then you do this and you got caught. And so you take a completely different bro. It's not even just another player on your team, which should be more than enough. It's another dude that sits in that pitcher's room with you who is a recovering cancer patient. Respect your fucking squad, dude. That right there just tells me like he just, he doesn't give a fuck. It's, it's really selfish the whole playing the victim. That's my dog. See, my dog's mad. Now my dog's mad, Zach. He's like, nice shot. Here's, here's one, word, one word that I will use one more time to describe him. Weak dick. Weak dick. One word. Okay. Got you. Um, it's manager, too. Terry Francona has had like a whole bunch of health issues. Has said out there. Heart issues. And he still does it. Oh, by the way, I know we're talking on Zach Fiesig right now. Mike Clevenger. Mike Clevenger, like, I know Zach Fisick had that interview and he sounds like a complete dumbass. Mike Clevenger just being, like, defending him in the team meeting on Sunday and be like, hey, come on, guys, we're being too hard on him. Then flying on the team plane back to yeah, Cleveland. That's the worst part. <laughs> and then it comes out where it's like, hey, you jackass, you also went out. It's like, dude, what are you doing? I could just picture him like in the club. I was like, "Hey, come on, guys, leave, leave him alone." He's like that guy on, on on Total Recall. I got five kids to feed, and turns out he's a mutant, but he's actually betraying the mutant. That's Clevenger. He's that guy. <laughs> if you've seen Total Recall, you know what I'm talking about. If you came here for Total you Recall, you, you, that guy. You came to the right place. <laughs> Sorry, I was uh, on the right. But Clevenger, yeah, I mean, I've always kind of dug my Clevenger. I liked his whole laid back, like he's a good pitcher, like. You know, his stance on the Astros was always really strong, but don't get on the team playing, man. Oh, God. Like, what are you doing? You're in a literally a oxygen-controlled tube, which is like a Petri dish. If you're on there with someone that's infected, that's just fucked up, man. All right. There are some questions about the Cubs in the comments, and I'm sorry that it took us so long to get there, but we're. I have a question. it's our first day. Is Javi Baez going to get this runner in from third with less than two outs? Possibly. And for those of you listening on Friday, we do record these on Thursday night, so the live commentary might not be as uh, – um, the first question from Cubs underscore polls, are there any noticeable relievers the Cubs can go after via trade in the next two weeks? Uh, I'm guessing he did get the runner in by Kevin's from – Slow ground to third, but we'll take it. He tried to hey, pull that's it. called the Jose Abreu. Hey, Kevin's um, complaining about right now. Unbelievable. Um, this is, I think this is my philosophy, just like on every team, not just the Cubs. I don't see any, like I think we talked about it last week too. I don't see any big trades happening. I just no. don't, I don't see how it's possible. I know that uh, today there's a report that like they're doing some weird, old, like some sort of information tunnel thing where teams can provide video for scouting so that there could be like, just more information. I don't know how that's going to work. I just don't see any big trades. You're basically doing it for like one month of a guy, and 
again, oh, we're, yeah, we're like a, another break, like another. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Where well, we would have had two breakouts where teams have missed like a third of their season already. Yeah, let me. Who ask knows? It makes no sense. It, it, it's it's, a, it's a big trade. Sorry, it's a it's a move that doesn't make much sense when it comes to risk versus reward. That has to be like mass reward, and I Let don't think really a reliever out there. That's what I'm going to. Do you think the Cubs are one relief pitcher away from a World Series? I think that they're fine. I know it sounds terrible. I think that Jeffers has figured it out. I feel like Rowan Wick mode is I, I love those two guys. When it matters, are going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that I think that again, it's time for them to give my man a shot and bring him in from 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 South Bend. And let Burl be the left-handed guy. We saw Winkler last night. I know Wink walk. What does he come in and just walks two guys and bye? Like, I'd rather have Henry Winkler out there at this point. All right, start, start trying some guys. You know, hopefully the offense can put up enough. But it's time to see Burl Caraway. It's time. It's it, it's it can't get any worse. You can't get any worse in this bullpen. So maybe flip them around. Let someone come down with a. They they sprained their Achilles tendon in their neck, so they got to go take a rest for a couple weeks. And let's see what Burl got. I want to see Burl. I'm I mean, just after with this start, with the twelve and three start, so in a normal year, yep. and like you know, we would actually like be in August in a regular one hundred sixty-two game schedule. And I mean, I guess the trade deadline would have passed already, but you can make the argument that yes, like Cubs are fucking hot, doing everything right. Pitch staff is great, timely hitting. The defense has been great, but you can you can make the argument it's like, hey, they're like one dominant uh, reliever away. But I just don't. Again, the risk of the reward, you're doing it for like one month of a guy in a I know all these players are like, hey, we're playing these games matter to us, but like right. I still get to the back of my head where like this season is just a fucking shit show. Really hey, I got a question. Do you think that the Cubs are holding back on Burl Caraway so that when it's time, they'll bring him up and there'll be less the less of a scouting report on him and he'll be like more of an enigma for a shorter time period i mean i I could feel that that would be a actually a pretty if they're looking at how much he threw once like baseball shut down the ramp up period we've seen a whole bunch of injuries he's still a young guy i i i'm guessing i have no clue i think Um, you could both be right on this because you're both kind of saying the same thing or i think it's like club ball also that dude plays 100 games a summer minimum with club ball and whatever you know what he does in the spring obviously and everything in fall ball Again. Like I just don't know what where they are in the ramp up period with this guy. Like I mean, we can say the same thing about Dane Dunning. Like that's probably right. why they're holding up on him. Um, and he's coming off well, and in his case, he's coming off Tommy John surgery. But, like I think we will see him eventually, but uh, yeah. I think the next is going to be. I think Winkler is the next guy down. It's either going to be Winkler or uh, or Winker. It's Winker. There's and then Winkler. also, people in the comments want to know how you feel about Nico, the leadoff man. He I guess came Wait. up to bat on Thursday night. Roped a Play first pitch double into left field corner, moved up 90 feet on the Rizzo ground out, and then scored on the hobby ground out solidly. I mean, he didn't see pitches, but he in did bunches, not a bad idea. I, I, hey, you guys know my pick for rookie of the year in the National League, so but I I'm, don't think that it can handle, I don't think it could do the whole time. I don't, again, I'm just like a new bomb, I don't think it's okay, it's not good. Yeah, overall. I'm just glad he got that hit because I think he was writing like an over 15 slump or something. Um, and we're getting closer. It's just gonna be just gonna be a platoon with uh, him and Jason Kipnis. And credit to Jason Kipnis, I didn't think he was gonna be any good. He's been hitting everything. He has like a, I think it's like nine of his like thirteen hits or like nine or twelve hits are extra base hits. 
Mm-hmm. He's been fucking great. Um, that's what a rookie needs. A rookie needs a guy to kind of platoon with a little bit to kind of get their yeah. feet wet, and not feel like they have to like be something else. And it allowed her corner to take a couple days off. And now, seeing, you know, we're seeing the floor. Like after he had the, you know, he had the multi-hit games against the Brewers, the Reds, but then since then, we saw the f- bad of a young guy who makes a lot of contact, and that is, there's a lot of weak contact. He's, he's not hitting for any power right now. I know he got the double on uh, to lead off the game Thursday, but I mean his uh, his slugging percentage was like in the low three hundreds, I think, or below that, I think. Um, but that's the that was the rough part of a you know contact guy where it's great to always make contact. Mm-hmm. You can also have a lot of weak contact, mm-hmm. um, but you know they, I think right now they are just going to go straight platoon, and you know Kibbs is going to get a lot more starts against uh, righties. And I mean, as long as he keeps hitting, fine. I'm good with it. Obviously, <laughs> I'm not going to be arguing that Jason Kipton is hitting, like lugging the best he's done in like four years. Keeps starting, as I always said. Play your best guy. Have, I mean, I would think that I would have seen it, but has anyone seen anything about Madrigal? No, I haven't seen one. Word. Who? I think it's, it's going to be. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm perfect time. That uh, gif in here. Uh, I mean, how long has it been? It's only been like a week, right? No, two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. No, it was at? a Tuesday night, so it was like a week and two days. We're almost at the ten days of the ten day DL. Oh, he wasn't gonna come back in ten days. It was at least right? they said August. That's like oh, fuck. I thought he was on the ten day DL. All right. Yes, like that's. I think that that does get confusing because like you have to put a guy on a ten day, and it's basically he has to be on there for at least ten days. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because yeah. you know, those like ten day, and then this year since the shortened season, it's ten day, forty five day. Because I know Mendick came. Tim Henderson, he's like you'll never get a better value than he right now. Yeah, Mendick <laughs> came out of the gate hot, <laughs> and everybody was like, "Oh, Nick might not have a job when he comes back." Ha ha, fucking Herb. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we love you, Herb. Though. Yep. Uh, Hey man, but that is another guy. I mean, Mendic's Mendic. like, no, he's come back. Down oh, but the, he filled in great. Oh no, he's been a fantastic. And again, he's just like Larry. You want those guys on your team, especially in these sprints. And when Larry's sliding headfirst into first base to get his hand smashed, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, no, it was bad uh, yep. for the Cubs. Though. Hey, so KB's had some great too. So we got guys that are worried about. Yeah. I called that one on our. I said he was going to sit. He's going to be sore tomorrow, and he was sore today. He's fine, and 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 I can tell you that from the source. He's fine. He's he's sore. Just, just like Corbin was sore yesterday because he got banged on the knee. He take a day off, and if KB had to pinch hit today, KB could pinch hit today. That's he's available if need be. Hopefully, so if we need be. Chatwood had that rough start against the Royals. Who the Royals just like yeah. they went on to sweep the Twins, and they like took a, at least one game from the Reds. So. Well, I also blame the White Sox for, for uh, Yelich getting hot. But, uh, oh, I mean, that was Eloy. Gave yeah. that confidence at the park. Uh, the starting rotation, though, just keeps being lights out. John Lester, I've <laughs> John Dude. Lester's like in his prime right now. Yeah, he's 2-0 this season. BDJ. He's, Zoe, he's allowed seven hits and three starts. The thing is, he looks like shit in the first inning. Well, not shit. He looks he looks like he's going to struggle. He throws like 20, 25 pitches in the first inning, and then he throws like 60 in the next five. It's, he figures out. He adjusts right away. He's, mm-hmm. 
veteran. And, and, you know, we talk about Hendricks and Mills as like, you know, being the crafty guys for the, uh, in the rotation. I mean, so is John Lester. It's not John Lester's line, like blowing guys away. He's just working the corners. I mean, as he always does. Lester is the, the definition of a crafty veteran. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, he, I mean, every I, year, every other year, he really does perform like every other year. He's really good. I, I, I think if you look at his stats, I like in my battle of the streams, I didn't think of John Lester was going to have like a below one ERA. And like, it, I feel like it's quiet too. Like not a lot of people are talking about John Lester. No, no. Cause you got Hendricks pitching well. You got Alec. I mean, everyone's pitching well. Everybody. And, Starters, yeah. I mean, Alec Mills, I, I know that some people on Twitter were like thinking that maybe it was a bad idea to, to go Hendricks and Mills back to back. But I'm like, that's 24 hours difference. It's not like you're seeing a guy like the same day. <laughs> Those dudes are very similar because they are pitchers. They're not throwers. And both those dudes are fantastic right now. That that's th- that trade from the Royals is a steal to get Alec Mills the way this is oh, looking right now. They traded the guy that they traded for him for him back. They got back. They got um, him back. He came back. Yeah, and then they, yeah. they got, yeah. The guy they traded for came back to the Cubs. You mentioned it earlier with Jeffress, uh, Wick. Wick. Wick looks good. Even he's gotten better since his first uh, outings. But the Cubs are slow. The bullpen is slowly but surely not a complete train wreck. (laughs) No, Wick looks really good. It helps to know like who you can trust, and you can start using who you trust more. And and so going back to the point of like the Cubs, if can you say the Cubs are one reliever away? The thing is, they already they already got that reliever. It's supposed to be Craig Kimbrell. <laughs> there, that's it's a, yeah. About that, gives up two runs. Oh man! Hey, he finally got whiffs on his curveball though. Finally, finally. He, was, he, was, he had a great outing the other day in his simulated game too. He faced the the clubhouse manager. Wicks curveball. Wicks curveball is nasty right oh. now. Roy Wicks is real deal. I want. Um, I love. Yeah, I don't know if you guys know the song John Wick Mode, but Rowan Wick Mode. Every time he comes in now, I want to hear it. It's it's like a it's a pump up song. Hap, great. Um, so he's finally. That was your no call. One can, no one can argue this ever again, or like for the rest of the year at least. An outfielder defensive replacement. Um, so I'm glad David Ross finally came out and said that. Uh, I mean, it was pretty obvious though. Like, I think Hap only went like two games where he didn't start in center, so that's great. Hap's been great. Uh, I think he's like right next to Mike Trout, uh, top hitters in the league this year. Um, Give him this- time though. Again, but before we freak out, let's let him struggle. He's gonna have a struggle. They're gonna figure something out. There's gonna be some charts. They're gonna be some. They're gonna they're gonna figure out something with Ian. But man, he was good last year to end the season, right? This and is why. More or not as worried about that because it's not just this season, so it's not just like oh he's been good for 15 games. Like this goes back to last July. So, just imagine though if we were freaking out about someone after 15 games if it was a regular season, would we? Would that be <laughs> like that would be considered a knee jerk reaction? But because things are so tight and so like compressed right now, that feels like he's been killing it for 60 games. A quarter of the season, yeah. Uh, but this quote by Anthony Rizzo on mm. for the before the uh, series opener against the Brewers. Oh, boy. This is like another reality check because Cubs fans, again, 12-3, and three, best start since 1970, a whole bunch of parallels to the 2016 team. They're, I mean, the offense is almost identical, grinding at bats, same on-base percentage, getting the job done late in, late in games. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then we got a kind of a flashback to the offseason, to all the rumors 
to to all these guys possibly just not coming back. And Anthony Rizzo said this on Thursday. I'm not going to shy away from this. This could be the last year together. I think we all know that, especially with the state of the game, and who knows what's going to happen. He's not wrong. This could be this could be our last run with the core guys. This could be my last year. Who knows? So I'm enjoying every second of it. When times get tough, I'm I've obviously been through tough times before. You start appreciating all the little things uh, that you maybe took for granted. I'm a victim of it. I'm sure you're a victim of it. But it's the joy of that game that we're playing for right now. I know it's really showing. We've just we're just playing really high school summer baseball right now. That's how we feel when playing. Just going out and playing baseball, not worrying if someone's hitting 500 or someone's hitting under 200. It's just let's win, let's pick each other up and figure it out. It's the best thing. That's why they're winning right now. And then I love the, the it's like high school baseball summer quote part of that too. Because yeah. it means to me that there's some assistant coach in that dugout that's fucking incredibly hungover every single day in there. <laughs> my, <laughs> just my, trying to figure it out. Not me, but I'm just saying that 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 that's a kind of a they're having a good time. There's no pressure. They, you know, Madden said it, don't let the pleasure outweigh the or the pressure outweigh the pleasure. These guys are having fun. They're playing it like it is feels like a high school game because there's like five people there. It's a high right. school game. Unless you know, unless you're a freak and you're you're getting scouted and there's like 15 scouts there, like that's your audience. Well, nobody's getting scouted. They're not getting drafted next year. So it's fun to watch these guys. And you can hear them. I wish they would turn the microphone up and turn the stupid crowd down. I love hearing the dudes when, when a dude gets a double like, oh, you can hear like, oh, and like you hear guys like yelling, saying their stupid shit in the dugout. That's the fun stuff. That's the that's the joy of the game. And that's what I love about this Cubs team. And I've I've posted it a few times the last couple of days. I love how they love the game. And that's why so, I get pissed about idiots like Zach Plezak or idiots in, in 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 St. Louis. You're ruining. You could ruin the joy of a lot more people. These people are having fun right now. And you know what? Sad. Maybe I'm a sad sack. And we just started school stuff, so like I'm obviously doing some online training and stuff. Waiting for the Cub game to start every single day has been the best parts of my day. Besides, obviously, seeing my girlfriend when she comes home and saying hello, I love you. But you better say that. And if she's still her. listening to the show an hour and twenty minutes in, you better say you love her. Let's, let's be honest though. I, I'm counting the seconds until that four. It's Vegas, four o'clock start. It, it's a long wait in Chicago. It's got to be worse because it's two more hours. Mm-hmm. It's night. So interesting. Off of that quote, actually brings me to the question I wanted to end the show with because we're going to talk about it for a minute here. But it was good to hear Rizzo say people don't care if some guy's hitting five hundred or he's hitting two hundred or whatever. Does all right? Let's say Charlie Blackman who is on a tear this year finishes with like a 435 average this year in the 60 game season. Now, does that count in the record books? Hmm. I don't see how it can. It has to be an asterisk, like a, like a strike season or a, I think it was Joe Sheehan who made the point where you, you just can't consider this like a record because Right. Are you, you going to go back to like a 60 game stretch last year where a guy hit like 400? Because like, this is all it is. It's a 60. You can't. Yeah. You just can't. That's no. the baseball season. It's, and that's why I go back. To, that's why I always go back to the point where like, yeah, again, the players, obviously, they're playing these games like they're real and they are real games. They count. They want the trophy right. playing for a World Series. But also, it's it, it's it doesn't feel the same. So It doesn't. The way that's I a, think it. 
I look at it like if your team wins the World Series this year, that's legit because everyone's on the same playing field. You won the World Series, okay? You were the best team that year. That's what the World Series champion is. Individual statistics, who gives a – they should not count this shit. Like, who gives a fuck? Like, it shouldn't count per game average. <laughs> and, and like, going back – and that's why that's why I'm also pissed off at, the, at, like, the whole Cardinal situation is because, yes, a World Series this year, everyone was on the same plane. Like, everyone started at the same place. Right, except it's for the – You knew what it was going in. You have this 60-pool uh, player. You can use that. Everyone – it was the same rules for every team. But now with the Cardinal situation, you're forcing because of their fuck up. Mm-hmm. You're forcing all these other teams now where you're forcing them just, all right, you're facing the Cardinals for like two straight weeks. You're going to have to play a doubleheader. Yep. So now you're, that's why, and, and yes, you don't want to. And again, I don't think, like, I don't think MLB has done, or like, I don't think they said anything concrete on like how the spread happened with the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. So like at the same time, you like, you can't just be like, like you can just like blame them directly for like, hey, you caught COVID and then you spread. Well, no, because as as long as they because like they did it with the Marlins, we saw the reports like I you know the Marlins were just like we're fucking out. But like we and I and it's not like it's again. I'm not saying that like the Cardinals didn't do anything wrong here because they probably did, and we keep seeing more positive tests two weeks after. But like it's so it's like you're you're in a hard situation where like yeah. You could punish them, but like you're punishing them because they got a virus. Yeah, it sucks. You know what? And that's that's the hard part is that's where I kind of struggle back and forth. But there are idiots in that clubhouse, and we know Yachty is one of them. That and and Wong might have been one of them. There were five guys initially that are suspects, or seven guys suspects at least. We're playing Clue here, all right? It might have been Yachty in the library with a candlestick, or it might have been Wong at the strip club. With the with you know with the the cash flow whatever it was, it it could have been one of those seven. But whoever did it is an idiot, and whoever did it should have been punished by their team and put it should have been caught. Honestly, if they knew through case tracing who did it, what I don't like is now it gives Cardinals the ex- Cardinal fans the excuse to to say that this isn't a real season because our guys got sick. And as much as you know, I like beating the Cardinals. Cardinal fans to me, the best fans in baseball. Are <laughs> God dang! I watch Ozarks. I'm like, those are Cardinal fans. Hmm. I watch a great show, but those are Cardinal fans. That's that's who we're dealing with here. Not the sharpest tools in the shed. They'll drive. They'll run through a brick wall because Yachty told them to. Because they have the same people that said they wouldn't trade Yachty for Mike Trout. So I hate the fact that those Nimrods actually have an opportunity to like say, give it, have an excuse for why the Cubs won or why they didn't win. Blah blah blah. But. Worse off is if they end up start playing games and they have a, a, a winning percentage that gets them into the postseason after all of this. And that's bullshit. Those guys, I mean, at this point, I think, I don't know. I don't know. That That's a There's struggle. There's no way they get to 60 games. Pretty sure. How? Sure. Okay. Forward just did a bomb. He did. He looks fine. That's good. Yep. He looks good. The, the, no, that's the thing. They're going to play like like 50. I don't know how they're going to get to like 50 right. games. It's, they've it, missed like it's going to be like two and a half weeks that they missed. It's annoying all around. It's so inconvenient. The thing, the fact that all of these other teams have to adjust because this one team what was the first pitch after the commercial break. By the way, wow, couldn't corral their players to stay within the health guidelines. It's kind of fucked up. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. It's annoying. But again, to the original question, I don't think individual stats make it into the, the record books. All the awards are cool. You know, rookie of the year, MVP. Um, I mean, you just have to look at it as like, wow, like this guy was like awesome in 2020. Right. <laughs> I mean, Charlie Jackman's a hell of a player, but come on, dude. Like, yeah. Cause like I I think it was again I think it was Joe Sheehan where like he laid out it was like or no it was somebody else they tweeted out there's probably a good chance because like he's deep into it and he was he's like I mean after I think it was after Wednesday's game or Tuesday's game he was hitting 500 and it's yeah. like you know if you if you go back to like the games remaining there was like three different stretches uh, going back to like last year or whatever where if uh, Blackman just keeps that up like yeah he's gonna hit like well above 400 mm-hmm. and like it's like all right. So is that going to be like first 400 hitter since like who's the last guy did it? George Brett? 400? Wasn't yeah. that? Oh no, George Brett hit like 393, right? That's not Ted Williams, is it? That's 400 was Ted, wasn't it? Oh, was it Ted? Oh, I think, I think George yeah, Brett was like the closest. It's been since 1941. So, yes, yeah, so like yeah. I just, there's no way you can be like, yep, 400 hitter. That's what I'm saying. Like, you can't do that. You can't take away Ted Williams 400 in a 60 game season. Yes, it's a season. Yes, all the other accolades count, but individual milestones like that, you can't count that. It's kind of like the home run record when you play a season that's 144 compared to 162. You right. know, with with with, with the, the single season home run record. Like it's a No, I agree. All right. Dense it and you gotta just take it and there's an asterisk no matter what you do. It's gonna be an asterisk for everybody but the team that wins. And anybody that does anything special, the only record that could be really be broken is the batting average record. Right. Nobody's going to have enough playing time to break anything else other than maybe like lowest ERA. Right. But again, 12 starts doesn't count. Yeah, that, that's another one. I mean, yeah, somebody could have just like 12 great starts, have like a one point whatever ERA. Like, is that going to be like, yep, the greatest, greatest ERA ever? Like, come on. Yeah, I just, I can't. Yeah. Okay. It's a tough, but, but winning it is going to be that one still. That one's the only thing that holds weight. To be able to win in spite of these circumstances makes whoever is that champion the king of baseball for at least a year. I, I think that's the only legitimate crown that anybody can win this year. I think that that's because fair. Everyone, everyone started with the same circumstances. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that I think we're all in agreement on that. I, I would, yep. All right. Um, well, hopefully we have a week filled of baseball games. Um, we didn't do it this week. Uh, we'll probably, or last week, we'll probably try to get it to do it this week, a Sunday night show or Monday show. But um, fuck it up, Cardinals. If, 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 play, if the Cardinals don't fuck it up, yeah, right. There you go. I'll do it. Yeah. Uh, so for Aldo, Kevin, I'm Zo, and uh, we'll be again, we'll be live on Twitter. So make sure you follow us on the Twitters. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Straight rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the board, yeah. Every season, make it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This 
is what you're waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, make it all change. Take me out to the bar, yeah. This is what you're waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, make it all change. Take me out to the bar, yeah.